Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex. We watched a whole bunch of shit. Uh, nothing in particular. We're just sort of catching up. We took a week's vacation. We've earned it. Shit is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> nothing but garbage. Yeah, that's the good stuff. There's a little break before next week, which, uh, let me just remind you, Chris, to your face, will be Space Jam 2. Just a nice little breather. God damn it. Nice little... I'm busy next week. Just hop back in that hot tub, soak it off, and then it's time for two hours of Space Jam. (laughs) Two hours? The nerve. Uh, Is that the news segment? Is that all you have for the news? I don't know if I can take a bunch more than that. (laughs) I just name a movie and then tell you it's two hours and you get mad and punch the wall. I just can't believe we've been making jokes about Space Donk steer- starring LeBron James for over a decade, and now we actually have to watch it. I'm yeah. so mad. <laughs> I'm sure it'll pay off. So, uh, <sighs> any other any other news, Parker? Oh, you know what? There's like, it's literally been two weeks worth of news I could tell you about, but there's one story I want to tell you and only you. <laughs> oh, no. What? Chris Stuckman is set to write and direct a horror movie. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so just pencil that in for the playoffs this year, dickhead. <laughs> this is like when that Jomney Sun guy got a job writing for Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Why are these people allowed to write anything? Why is the horse sad, though? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it would probably take like five seasons to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's, I, one of my favorite things is watching it with the other Alex. And she was like, so what are, you, are you liking it? Are you enjoying it? I'm like, yeah, I really like when the funny animals do funny animal things. <laughs> but when it gets so depressing, I'm just like, I can't really identify with this. I don't have depression. <laughs> Man, Every single person a- who really likes that show has like anxiety or depression or some sort of thing. I'm, I'm a normal, alright? I'm one of the normals. I just watch I'm like, oh, the cock... Uh, Sorry, the rooster crowed nope. when dawn <laughs> came on <laughs> the sun rose. <laughs> it fucking owns the people are like, yeah, but see, it's funny because he's depressed, like I am. It's like, yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't get that. That's joke. the whole I, joke. I, I don't think depression's all that That's funny. It? <laughs> yeah, it turns out this isn't a bit I'm doing for a podcast. <laughs> Just upset all the time. Uh, well, let's get into our jerks of the week then. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I've got one for you. Uh, uh, Alex, get the bingo sheet ready. You guys know how much I like Silent Hill. Well, I only really like the first three games. And based on an article I wrote for TerribleBlog.net, I really only like the first two. But everyone's telling me that the fourth one's really good. And when they say really good, they mean like, well, good compared to what came after it. I'm like, well, okay, I'll give it a shot. Let's see what happens. I've heard some actual pretty good things about it and some terrible things. Let's 
see what happens here. And when I say this, I have to emphasize that the game was produced and directed by the audio guy, Akira Yamaoka, who's very well known for his soundtracks and also the sound effects, which are incredible in the first three games. They're really, really scary, and it's largely because of his sounds. In this one, in the opening cutscene, the first enemy that you see, which is the same one you encounter in the game, is it one of those like dog things that jumps on you and attacks so you have to fight it off. Parker, would you like to guess the sound that it makes? I'll give you a hint here. Remember for the the episode where I talked about the Japanese version of The Ring, where he hits that girl on the back of the head, you hear a thwack, and it sounds like uh, from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, where he's hitting his head on the dirt saying, I'm a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> well it's not that, that sound first guess. <laughs> <laughs> the sound that this enemy makes is the same yep, sound yep, yep. from team jaguar action news <laughs> nice <laughs> exact same Dude, pitch Lord. exact same speed and everything i heard it and i couldn't stop laughing it's like a one-to-one thing uh <laughs> that's my jerk of the week as a kariyama oka dude you're one of the greatest sound designers in history. Open up the sound library. Find something that no one's ever heard before. Don't go with this. It's like putting a Wilhelm scream. You know, not to take full credit for breaking your brain, but just to point out once again, you found yourself in a scenario where you went, oh, so the fourth entry in this horror franchise is pretty good? All right, sick. This won't burn oh me God. again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh, it's better than the other bad sequels no one talks about? Oh, hot dog. I've got two weeks to kill. Surely we won't get to that later. (laughs) Alright, who are your jerks of the week? My jerk of the week is literally every human being with a pulse that responded to that Elon Musk Rick and Morty tweet. Oh. It's like like the modern day foam adventure trying to read through the fucking comments on that shit, dude. Holy fuck. You put yourself in this situation. You don't know how to use Twitter. You don't click on stuff and read what other people are writing, okay? No, dude. I literally clicked on it because somebody like, this has the worst mentions of anything I've ever seen. Oh, never mind. I'm like, all right, challenge accepted, motherfucker. I was going to say, uh, the only reason I even saw, I even did anything with that is like, okay, post that blindly in the Discord. I wanted to type out, at Joel, this is you. (laughs) (laughs) my jerk of the week is friend of the show Stephen A. Smith (laughs) do you know when you read a sentence that's so fucking funny that it just stays with you for days what was was the sentence I didn't click the accompanying video all I read was the header to the tweet which was I had to start off today's show by apologizing to the Asian and Nigerian communities I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't click on it. Well, you missed it. I've been oh. thinking of that sentence for two straight days. Now. Unfortunately, this this video or sorry, this podcast is going to take so long to get up that everyone will have forgotten about this by now, which is exactly oh, what he was planning. Uh, just but when you have to apologize the to the Asian and Nigerian communities <laughs> to apologize to both the Asians and also Nigerians separately. That's, I mean, that is a rough Tuesday. Standing in line at a gas station, waiting for someone to buy all the scratch offs, just thinking, I must apologize to the Asian Nigerian. (laughs) (laughs) It is all encompassing. I hate it so much. It's one of those senses where you read it, your brain takes a second, you read it again, and you know instantly, like, oh, this is going to break me. 
this is going to be a problem for the next five <laughs> years of my life. I, I will say this. I don't even want to say what Stephen A. said, mostly because it's not really interesting enough. But It was about Crab Rangoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could go for some Rangoon. Anyway, so... The first, the first thing he said is, like, people are taking what I said out of context. It's actually like this, and he re-explains what he said. And then in the next follow-up tweet, he's just like, look, you know how I am. If I feel that I say something wrong, I'm going to follow it up with an apology. I'm black. And then the third one is the notes app, where it's just, like, a block of text <laughs> about how sorry he is, and it's like, clearly his agent was writing it. <laughs> gonna pop up three or four times this episode i can i I, I hope so (laughs) all right let's talk about what we watched recently i only had time to watch one movie in In the two two weeks weeks? (laughs) uh you'll see there's a twist um actually watched the hunt for red october um that makes sense then. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, it's about that long. <laughs> Checks out. Uh, I also read the book by Tom Clancy, and before I talk about the movie, I'll talk about the book. The book's actually pretty good. I had a really good time with it. In fact, I want to get to his other books. In fact, I went to the library to look for him. They're like seven hundred pages on average. You're fucking ridiculous. I'm not gonna read all that. That man loves his slop. Oh, he what he really the original fanfiction.net author. What he really likes is putting in like all these useless details. I don't care. All right, there's a lot of stuff about how the gun's action works. I was like, I'll take your word for it. Who's he pointing the gun at? That's what I care about. Uh, The other thing about the book, (laughs) look, I'm not a nationalist or anything, but like, I love America. I think this country's pretty cool. I keep all my stuff here. This is great, but Tom Clancy. Tone it down. This is a bit much, okay? I was alarmed. And a lot of people talk about, oh yeah, there's a lot of rah-rah, politico, jingoism in his books. I wasn't prepared, okay? I was not prepared. (laughs) Uh, Tom Clancy sounds like me during the Olympics. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) When when did the book come out? I think the book came out in 1984. Oh, that's prophetic. And the basic storyline is there's this Soviet submarine commander who wants to defect to the glorious capitalist paradise of the United States. And the U.S. doesn't know that he's defecting. They're just like, there's just this sub coming right at us. What are we going to do? And they have to figure some stuff out because cell phones haven't been invented yet. So in the book, uh, at some point, uh, the Americans, led by the heroic Jack Ryan, who we'll get into in a bit, uh, they get the sub and <laughs> oh, they come no. aboard. And no, no, this actually, this actually good. Uh, they're like, "Oh, uh, we would like to defect to glorious American paradise." He's like, "Oh, okay," and he's like, "Well, we're going to be here for a while. Do we have anything that we can use to uh, entertain these Soviet people um, before they come over to the United States?" And one guy's like. Oh, I have a copy of E.T. We could show them E.T. for a bit. To cut to a scene later where all the Soviet captains of the submarine are, are sobbing as they watch E.T. <laughs> not because it's so beautiful, not because it's so emotional, but because the children in it are so free. <laughs> and they ask Jack Ryan, are the children in America really this free? And he, I think he says, I don't know, some of them. And uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's you know, incredible. It gets better because it's just like then, he, like one of the last scenes in the um, in the book are like, uh, oh yeah, if you're in America, you can go anywhere, do whatever you want. Which uh, news to me. And it cuts to two of the captains of the submarine, 
if they're still watching E.T., they're watching it for like the third or fourth time. <laughs> it's <laughs> lunacy. I can never watch that movie again. <laughs> Look, capitalism has been great to me, but not that great. <laughs> so then they made a movie. And uh, have you guys seen the movie The Hunt for Red October? I'm sure I've killed a Once Saturday a plus time. Sunday afternoon doing that. I, I frequently mix it up with K-19 The Widowmaker, as same. one is okay. apropos to do. Yeah, I didn't want to admit it because yeah. I'm stupid, but same. K-19. Okay, well, I mentioned that I had never seen The Hunt for Red October for, to a bunch of boomers, and they said, how have you never seen it? It's always on TNT. I'm like, I think my dad was watching a Red Sox game whenever it's on. Anyway, Who turned it on. Who was this group of boomers you were talking to? My trivia team. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know so. where you were hanging out with the group of like a bunch of six-year-olds. Like, what? I have to get Who friends somehow. So, uh, I have to admit, I was uh, a little bit impressed by how star-studded the cast was. Sam Neill's in it. Sean Connery's in it. Playing a Soviet dude. Uh, who else is in it? Uh, James Earl Jones is in it. He's always fun. And one of my favorites here is Jack Ryan is played by Alec Baldwin. Now, Jack Ryan has been played by a number of different actors over the years. He was most recently from Office Gym. Uh, I don't really watch the Venezuela series. Uh, But I know he was also played by Harrison Ford in a couple of uh, movies. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, what would Harrison Ford be like as Jack Ryan? And then I looked up the plots. Yeah, turns out this is sort of like... Tom Clancy can write one character, and he wants to use that character over and over and over again. In the book, Jack Ryan is just, like, some guy who works for the CIA. He's an intelligence analyst. Then he becomes deputy director of the CIA. Then he becomes director of the CIA. Then he becomes president of the United States. I'm just like, come on. This is a bit of an auspicious climb here. But in this, he's just some guy. And I want to say this about Alec Baldwin here. Man, he really used to be a looker, huh? He had, like, two movies where he was, like, really good yeah. looking. This and Beetlejuice. And then... I mean, you gotta have something to keep getting cast and stuff. Yeah. Then, boy, he put on some weight. Uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, I mean, it was because he was trying to get in character, Chris. Because, you know, he's he, what, he was playing a, He was playing a goalie or something? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I have to admit... You know how to appeal to him directly. <laughs> Man, did I, did I post the fucking... The, the the Photoshop picture of the two goalies from the NHL Finals standing face-to-face. No. Because <laughs> people just kept Photoshopping the one to be bigger and bigger, and people kept pinging me with it. And I thought like, it was You're the fat goalie the... guy. Look at this meme. I thought it was going to be the Moonshirt meme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save. Okay. So, Alec Baldwin in The Hunt for Red October. I don't usually like Alec Baldwin. I think he's a jerk in real life and kind of overrated on film. But in this, he's actually really good. He does a very, very good job. The opening of the movie is spectacular. It's really good. And he actually does something pretty smart. It starts with Sean Connery speaking Russian, or overdubbed with someone doing a Sean Connery impression in Russian. And then at some point, it, it some guy's reading from a book, right? And he says a word that means the same thing in Russian that it does in English. I don't remember what that word is. And as it pulls out, the characters are now speaking English. It's just like, we can do away with, you know, they're Russians, right? I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. That's fantastic. I don't need the subtitles anymore. It fits so well. And uh, this way we get to hear 
uh, Sean Connery actually speaking the Sean Connery voice, which is always kind of nice. Now, my problem here is that while the movie is actually pretty decent, it kind of just plays like the book on fast forward to the point where it becomes a little bit detrimental. They cut out some of my favorite subplots, and there, there's two climaxes in the book. In the movie, they play simultaneously. And you might think, wow, that's even more exciting. Not really. Now it's like, I don't know where my focus is. And there's too much going on, and it, it just doesn't work. Also, they, they cut out all the rah-rah, jingo patriotism, salute the flag while crying. And it's like, wait, I kind of missed that. There has to be a middle ground, you know? So Dave, bring that Chris back. Chris has been hanging out with boomers. <laughs> I was hoping that they would be crying <laughs> while watching Red October is too hard to follow and not patriotic enough. That's Got basically it. what I was saying. <laughs> and you must have had a fucking insane 4th of July. We'll talk off my <laughs> Overall, the movie The Hunt for Red October is alright. I'd recommend reading the book and also buying an American flag. Uh, I am not going to read a 700-page Tom Clancy book. Well, good. Oh, wait. Hunt for Red October is only 387, so that's not that bad. That can't be. Sure no. The Cowboys win 12 games this year. Why start now? <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I have to mention that I just know I'm going to regret this. Uh, I was like, well, I got two weeks to myself, and uh, Alex isn't visiting. What if I want to watch? What if I want to rewatch one of my favorite TV shows? And that's how I ended up rewatching Batman the Animated Series. Of course, did you watch you did. the whole thing. Almost, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like eighty percent in. When the girls are away, the boys shall play <laughs> with more cartoons. <laughs> now. Alex, I'm just waiting for a Joker joke. You might as well just... I, they, you gotta team me up with something better than that, dude. I, Come on. I was really hoping you could freelance something, but that's okay. Uh, no, I'll say I'm this. I'm saving it. The Joker is one of the best characters in here. He's actually really good. Yeah. Mark Hamill's hilarious. He's he's very, very good at acting. He's He can be menacing, but more importantly, he's very, very funny. And one of the reasons that this character works is because of a writer named Paul Dini. I'll get to Paul Dini in a second. There's something behind me I want to reference. Uh, Paul Dini was in charge of writing most, if not all, of the Joker episodes. In fact, he also ended up writing the Joker scenes in the movie Mask of the Phantasm. That guy writes some of the best Batman scripts, period. He, he wrote other ones as well, but when he's writing the Joker, there's no one who even compares to him. And mostly because the Joker is different from every other iteration because he's actually funny. He tells jokes, he does funny things... Wow, He's one crazy. of the characters you genuinely look forward to. And as far as crazy goes, it's like maybe in like the first time you see him, but every other, uh, every other time he's really just played as a really, really funny villain. Everyone else is No, 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 Chris, Chris, that's an act. He's trying to set up the next crazy moment by uh, catching you off guard. <laughs> I'm not into he, that He's part a master of, of manipulation. I'm not, I'm not into that part of the show yet. I uh, love the joke. So you didn't get it's to like, the part? It's like Rick and Morty with the romance. <laughs> what? So you didn't get to the part where the guy that writes the Joker episodes sent all those condoms to the other writers? Actually, I'd like to talk about the guy who wrote all those Joker episodes. I'm going to show you something interesting I got. Oh it's my god, he's getting the Nazi bayonet. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm cutting He's that. had enough of your jokes. <laughs> Riddle me this. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, I've mentioned on here that I've never read a comic book, and that's not actually true. I've read uh, a couple very short ones that no one's ever heard of. But I just got one in the mail that I read, and it's called Dark Knight, spelled without a K in night. And it's written by Paul Dini, and it's one of the best comics I've ever read. 
and it's it's called a true batman story you may be wondering how could this be batman's not a real character well the story in here actually happened so paul dini is this unfortunate looking fellow down here was writing mask of the phantasm left work and got brutally assaulted by a couple of robbers and he was in traction he had to recover from it and in his imagination uh the joker and batman visited him and he had to sort of psychologically work out some issues it's fantastic i love it i recommend it to everyone and you can really get inside of paul dini's head uh, it's very mature uh, it's actually also hilarious it turns out that guy is just really really good at writing comedy far better than most people who work for dc it turns out um but to come aboard. now here's now here's a bit of a problem with Paul Dini. I now I love Paul Dini. I'm going to defend him at most cost, but he did commit one cardinal sin. So he's writing a Joker episode. Uh, I think it was called Joker's Favor, which is one of my favorite episodes. He's writing it out, and he writes in his henchman, and he thinks to himself, "Huh, wouldn't it be a little bit funnier if one of these was a woman?" And that's how Paul Dini created the character of Harley Quinn. And so he is the one that you blame and or credit, uh, depending on how you view that character. Now, one of the cool things about watching this on Blu-ray is that you can listen to the director's commentaries. And just a little aside here, I consider Batman the Animated Series a literal perfect show, as in actually flawless, it's fantastic. But the only people who disagree with me would be the people who made it because they roast their own show. Uh... But they do this behind-the-scenes thing with uh, Paul Dini, where he talks about Harley Quinn, and he goes, obviously someone off screen asks him, what about Harley Quinn, the character you created? He goes, oh, Harley Quinn, my favorite. And there's like this, <laughs> <laughs> this little moment with him where he can tell that he's not entirely pleased with uh, what she's become. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't well, I wonder, mind. I wonder what caused that. I know he's still writing her. He writes her in the comics, so he's still getting some money out of her, so good for him. Uh, I don't know how many royalties he collects on the toys or anything, but uh, I know he didn't write her in the Suicide Squad or uh, uh, Parker's favorite movie, The Fantabulous Exploitation of Harley Quinn, The Birds of Prey. And I don't think he's writing in The Suicide Squad, so that's unfortunate. Uh I, w I can't believe I'm doing this, but I have to defend the character of Harley Quinn. On the show, on Batman the Animated Series, she's one of the best characters. She's hilarious. She's so funny, and she's unique. What makes her different from every other character is she seems like a cartoon character. Everyone else is so realistic. She looks like she belongs on Freakazoid, or Animaniacs, or even like Tiny Toons. And that's why she's so fun. She's not, like, everyone's like, oh, and the she's crazy. I'm like, maybe a little bit nuts but more so she's just kind of dumb and that's funny and she does like funny things and she makes funny faces that's the that's the character that's the fun of it and she uses her own wits and her own guile to get out of weird situations and uh problems and stuff she's not like catwoman she's not like poison ivy who are like the femme fatales who'll get out of their situations that way she does her own thing and that's a lot of fun not like what she's become. And a good example of this is Batman versus Harley Quinn, which we've talked about on here. Which, by the way, rewatching the show, <laughs> turns out they ripped off their own show. There was an episode that was just that movie, except it was in a tight 23 minutes. There was no rape scene, and the song was a lot better, and it wasn't overly sexualized. There was no fart joke. 
And God, there was a song and you're defending it? it, it the song's actually pretty good, I have to admit. And Josh's cousin was not voicing the character. <laughs> well, that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, was there anything else about that episode that really stood out? I don't know. It's just like the character is funny. I, I, I like the character in that show. I don't like what the Margot Robbie performance has turned it into. I don't like its own standalone. Unfortunately, one of the commentaries is just like, yeah, you know, I don't know why Harley Quinn never got a spinoff. Thanks. You just speak that into existence. Fucking <laughs> The first three episodes. Thanks, Parker. I appreciate that. What? Swinging Pizzagate. <laughs> yeah, what's the matter, brother? I'm going to find a way to get you to watch the rest of it, too. What's the matter? You don't think crime's funny? <laughs> I think crime can be hilarious. I don't like it when, like, the funny crimes are, like, overtly... I don't even have a problem with sexuality. I know what sex is. One day I hope to have it. But in this, it's... it's I don't know. When you see that on, like, Batman versus Harley Quinn, I think that's really creepy. I don't like the Margot Robbie thing either because... I don't know. It looks like they're playing a little too much to the titillation crowd, and I'm not for that. Uh, but as far as the show goes, uh, Batman the Animated Series, like I said, I think it's flawless. I think it's perfect. I think it's wonderful. I highly recommend it to everyone. It is worth re-watching. It's uh, something that, if I ever have kids... <coughs> excuse me. If I ever have kids, <laughs> I hope to show to them. <laughs> Let's try that again. If I ever nope. have kids, I hope to sh- stop. <laughs> Man, could you imagine like having kids and showing them Batman the Animated Series and they go to school and they tell all their friends about this hilarious character called the Joker that they found out about? They would already know. They would be like, hey, wait, the Joker's actually good in this version, not like in... Oh, so you're going to show them Joker before before you show them the <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing they see when I'm they come out of the I'm showing my kid Joker before they go out of <laughs> the world. They need to know, hey, wake up, kid. <laughs> they got to know what the world has in store for them. <laughs> <laughs> the world's not going to change your pull-ups out before you, kid, okay? It's a rough yeah. and tumble world. <laughs> Just imagining somebody doing, like, an infant photo shoot on the Joker stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he went peekaboo. He went peekaboo, and you're that laughing. Sucks. <laughs> Now, as I say, <laughs> Batman the Animated Series is perfect. It's great because there's... One of the things I like about it is there's a lot of realism. It's kind of the things that you get with like the Christopher Nolan movies where it's like you can sort of unfocus your eyes and be like, oh, I can see that happening. There are times where you have to really unfocus your eyes, like Poison Ivy, which is like... <laughs> That's a little silly. But for the most part, I'd be like, oh, there's there's usually like a scientific explanation for it happening. And you don't get that in a lot of DC movies where it's just like aliens or magic. <laughs> and then, at some point, uh, this is a true story, by the way. This is one of the reasons I bring up uh, the show. At some point, the show got really, really popular, but not popular enough. And the studio executives are like, we know how to make this show better than you do. So the first, remember the Poochie episode of The Simpsons? They decided to do that. Remember the, the lines like, whenever Robin's not on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Robin? And so they decided <laughs> to do that with Robin. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, wait, Robin's the worst part of Batman. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand that. In this show, he's actually pretty good because, again, the show is perfect, but... There's got to be a limit, you know? There's a little too much Robin at some point. And I'll tell you what that some point is. That some point is where it stops becoming, uh, or it starts, sorry, 
that point is where it stops being called Batman the Animated Series and starts being called The New Batman Adventures, where they decided to change the animation style so they would match Superman the Animated Series, and they ruined a whole bunch of character designs, and uh, fucking Robin and Batgirl and... I don't know, every other friend in Gotham is a major focus of the episode, and Batman's just sort of there sometimes. And I remember the first episode of this that I watched back when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. The first episode I saw is some, like, prepubescent sorcerer from another dimension. I was like, what the fuck is this? And he summoned some sort of demon. It was, like, ridiculous. So I, uh, I haven't got that far yet. Maybe it's better now that I'm 31 years old. Uh, I kind of doubt it. <laughs> I enjoy when you tell on yourself. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't care. I, you know what? I'm, I'm secure. I uh, I like what I'm saying. Uh, oh, I'm secure myself and I don't have depression. Fucking great, dude. It's, it's, you, <laughs> you know, happy for you. Can you imagine being secure in yourself, not having anxiety, not having depression, and watching Hellraiser 3 of your own volition? Literally no. For the first time. imagine a psychiatrist telling the sad horse to go see the funniest clown in town. But what if that psychiatrist was Harleen Quinzel? <laughs> Which, by the way, okay, I don't know. I think most people listening to this know this. I don't know if Alex does, but Harley Quinn was actually introduced on the cartoon. They just sort of like did it like that, and they created her backstory with the episode Mad Love, which is really, really well done. And unfortunately, with the Suicide Squad and every other subsequent development, they really overplayed it to the point where it's like, oh, Harley Quinn isn't funny, she's abused. I'm like, oh, thanks. I was having fun Seriously, with that. She's character. not funny, she's hilarious. <laughs> she's the funniest person to ever exist. She's got zingers out the wazoo. I have to admit, she's actually very funny on this. Uh,. Is there anything else that really stands out about this? Oh yeah, there's one episode with a mummy. I love that you talked about three seasons, and we just talked about the Joker. <laughs> yeah, well, Nothing else. I, look, I gotta admit, you guys can make all the jokes you want about the Joker. He's hilarious. He's one of the best parts. Oh yeah, one more thing before I hand it off to Alex. <laughs> the best character on the show is not Harley Quinn. It's not the Joker. It's not Batman. It's Harvey Bullock. Why did this guy not get his own spin-off like movie, TV series, lunchbox, everything? Harvey Bullock is my idol. That dude fucking cracks me up. Alex, do you know who he Harvey Bullock is? He's a he's a really big fat slob cop. He's a Is he is he funny because he lets the ball get past him into the net? Do you wait, do you think that Harvey Bullock could play goalie? Cuz like he's he's big. He's also clumsy. He's stocky. He's stocky. There we go. Yeah, he, he's backup goalie. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm your relief, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, talk about what you watch. I'm going to think about Harvey Bullock as a goalie. <laughs> oh God, where do we get started with this? All right. So, uh, you know, hopping a little uh, little time machine back to, you know, 11, 12 days ago, whenever the fuck this was. The Tomorrow War comes out. I'm like, well, they're clearly expecting me to watch this because I watch all of this streaming service slop and I don't have a fucking choice. And I go to fire it up and instead the algorithm just goes, not watch this Scott Atkins movie instead. So I watched a movie. <laughs> Hero of the Week, the algorithm. 
<laughs> For real, dude. <laughs> so I watched a movie called Max Cloud. Now, you guys, oh, Wait, you guys what? are familiar with the, uh, the uh, Jumanji reboot and how successful it's been, right? Yeah, it's Joel's favorite movie. And Cam's yeah, least favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a good movie where somebody gets sucked into a video game and uh, has to, you know, fight it out with their, their video game heroes? Sounds like Tron, so yeah. So I want you to picture Jumanji, except it's a retro game. You know, just a kid playing a retro game in her room. It's just—it's a nice little space game with the aesthetics of something like uh, Lost in Space, where uh, Space Captain Scott Atkins is fighting aliens. And then she gets sucked into the game. And other people, it got turns out, also got sucked into the game and play the other characters. And Scott Atkins is just like this cartoony 80s space captain guy. And whenever he fights, it's these aggressively brutal fucking scenes. But it's PG-13, so they shoot out alien goo instead of blood. <laughs> this actually sounds alright. How were the special I effects? Mean, Are the special effects any good? It was fine. Like, it wasn't offensive to look at. Fine's good like, enough for me. I don't have high standards. <laughs> dude, could you imagine how much coke went into this fucking, like, uh, pitch to, like, a movie executive? Like, yeah, we're gonna make Jumanji, but it's in space. With Scott Atkins, yeah, where do like I expired sign? Coke. Does Coke expire? Dude, I like. I'm just baffled that this movie exists. Like, I don't know. I don't know who was the one that was clamoring for this, but like, it made me think. Like, maybe other people also know how good Scott Atkins is and just want to put him in things. Maybe um, that's the genesis of dumbass movies like this. Well, I'm glad one of our listeners and, uh, made a movie. <laughs> it was like. Definitely not something you need to watch, but you could do worse at like four in the morning when you're scrolling through whatever fucking service you're on. Like, uh, uh. Ugh. that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sums it up basically. <laughs> Stopped you dead in your own tracks. <laughs> I didn't have that much to say. It's been a while since I watched this. It's kind of a blur to me, but. Uh, Belch if you don't know what to say. <laughs> Body really bailed me out of that one. That, that reminds me, just a brief aside, I'll probably cut this. In Silent Hill 4, one of the other really bad sound effects is they have the nurses, you know, the ones with the big titties. If you shoot them and they die, they belch. This is stupid. And if they fall down steps, they belch with every step. With burp, 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 burp. It's not scary. In Japan, Are you that's sure scary. you weren't playing the Animaniacs game? No, dude, in Japan, that's scary, because you have to have manners. <laughs> dude, now I'm thinking about the great, the great Wakarati. That's a sound effect. Now, what's in this room? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna fucking download that. I'm just... <laughs> you have to make it work. <laughs> We're gonna have that vibrator in the foreground. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can't imagine right. what the waveform looks like. Audition for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, what else did you watch? I uh, I decided to do something I've been meaning to do for a while and uh, revisit a movie that came out in 2006 that I was. I don't know, pretty lukewarm on at the time. 
called Casino Royale. Well, this is like, like, I watched this, it couldn't have been later than, like, early 2007 that I finally sat down and watched it. I didn't see it in the theater, but, you know, everyone was talking about how good this Bond reboot was. I'm like, alright, let's watch it. And at the time, I remember thinking, that's okay, I don't see what the big deal is. And, uh, I owe an apology to everybody I said that to 13 years ago, because Casino Royale fucking slaps. Holy shit, dude. How did I not know how good this movie was? What was it's wrong with so... me? Well, y you know, you're speaking as our resident James Bond I mean, also, I've seen, like, six Bond movies. A at that time, Alex, had you seen as many James Bond movies as you have now? Nowhere close to as many as I've seen now. See, and, so and you can yes, compare obviously, them, there's yeah. a lot of bad ones that can, yeah. that can push it up the list. Yeah. But, like, I'm saying, like, just, just as a movie, as, like, an yeah, as a movie, like, not even by Bond standards. In fact, like, by Bond standards, it's, and God forgive me for making this comparison to a movie that I just said I loved, but, like, it's kind of got a Last Jedi thing going on. It's, like, very, very uh -oh. intentionally different from other Bond movies. Oh, okay, yeah, now I... I and, like, 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 they make the character kind of a bumbling idiot in a way that, like, even Roger Moore Bond wasn't, like, a bumbling fucking moron. I mean, he was a moron for different reasons, but, like... Like, like even, like, the first chase scene. Like, the guy he's chasing, like, clears the fence in, like, one single bound. And then Bond gets there, and it's, like, a struggle for him to get over it. It's like, that doesn't happen in James Bond movies. He's the cool guy. He's the rock. He's the one that jumps over the fence without breaking a sweat. Like... Dude, if they, if they put the rock so, in the James Bond movie, then I'm going to cinema. If I... <laughs> If I, I wish can't. that into existence, I am so sorry to the world. Like, I, dear Lord. I will never forgive you. I I would be, like, the only way to get the Roger Moore movies off the bottom, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm not gonna, you know, talk about this movie that basically everybody saw to death. Other than to say that, like, if you haven't seen this in a while, like... Everything in this works with one huge glaring obsession, uh, exception, and that is, of course, that someone as cool as James Bond should never, ever, ever, ever in a million years be using a flip phone in a movie, ever. It is <laughs> the most off-putting, jarring fucking flip phone appearance in anything I've ever seen. You're, you're like, anti-flip phone? This... I'm anti-flip phone when you have the world's coolest, suavest, most sophisticated secret agent, like, going around in these, you know, $500,000 cars, and then fucking pulling out his sidekick to read a text from somebody. I, there, like, no. Okay, we have now, to draw there is line no somewhere. cooler way to hang up on someone than by going like this. Bring That's those right. back, honestly, because I want to do that. You know, if he did that, like, a single time in this, might have been on board. But there are, like, multiple scenes where he has to, like, fucking... He has to, like, go like this and pulls out, like, and, thing. Yeah. Like, like we, we literally see him, like, writing a text message for his, like... Oh, no, no! Oh, is he doing it with, like, two it's, thumbs? It's, <laughs> he, I, I think he's doing it one-handed. Okay, but yeah, it doesn't I, matter. I was gonna say. <laughs> so you're, if, you're still fucking T9 texting somebody, if, like, and it's a oh character... Oh, my God, is he screen. really? Like... It's rough. Oh, that's yes. funny, though. That's really yes. funny, though. <laughs> I Dude, might have to rewatch it just for that. I don't know. And, and, like... And, like, that's coming from somebody that loved literally everything about this movie. Like, I do not remember enjoying the Chris Cornell song when it came out. 
and I've listened to it like a dozen times since I watched this. <laughs> yeah, like, it's real good. I'm like, fuck, this is good too. Like, when God did damn, that like, movie come out? Oh six. Oh six. Two thousand sixteen when that came out. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I probably should have known how cool this was to watch it the first time. I don't know why yeah. I didn't. And I think outside of like watching the. Brosnan movies on TV as a kid. I think Casino Royale is my first, like, I'm going to sit down and watch a Bond movie start to finish. It was a pretty good start. You are not a dad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I was also feeling the good vibes from this. I mean, I even had good things to say about Mads Mikkelsen, and I normally crush that guy for, like, being like, yeah, I don't get it. Why do people like him? It's like, I watched this movie, it's like, oh, I get it. I get it. I 100% get the mad. mad I mean, after Polar, I can I can understand. <laughs> I have God. well, yeah, that's a uh, major counterpoint. But um, uh, I'm like, you know what? The night is young. I got time. It says right here on Netflix. Next up, watch Quantum of Solace. Why don't I fucking go for it? That movie's Ooh, also way better than I remember. Because <laughs> the only time I saw it was like I had just seen Casino Royale, so I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Picks up right after. Nice. You literally have to watch it that way. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the only way it makes sense. Like if if I had to wait three years for Quantum of Solace, I would have been as livid as I was the last time I watched Quantum of Solace. But like, in the context of just being like part B to Casino Royale, it works really, really well. I mean, it's it's a little bit too self serious. But also, it's a whopping 45 minutes shorter than Casino Royale, so... That's like, you know, grading on a curve, you know, you get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there are characters that come back from Casino Royale that no theatergoer would give a single solitary fuck about. Like, why are we talking about this old British guy that, like, Bond said was the bad guy in the first one, but he wasn't actually the bad guy? Like, this character had, like, six lines in the first movie, no one cares. But I just watched it two hours ago, so I'm like, alright, cool, let's go with it, whatever. That's that's a real case of like, oh, this should have just been one movie, but also if you made it one movie, it's the Dark Knight and this is the Harvey Dent part. Like, it's... It, it probably doesn't work by itself. I completely understand why people didn't like this. Also, terrible song. Absolutely second worst song in the in the franchise. You know, it only I don't even remember it, die, thank goodness. But, it's fucking Jack White and Alicia Keys, dude. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh you God. figure it out. How did my brain not remember that? It is oh God, <laughs> aggressively It's not the most bad. memorable combination. <laughs> I feel like hearing something that wretched should stay with you. My body chose the flight response, apparently. It yeah. has stuck with me, and not in a good way. Like, it's... Ugh. Ugh. But, uh... Yeah, if you're if you're planning to go through all the Bond movies at some point in the near or far future, take these two bits of advice from me. One, don't watch all the Roger Moore movies back to back because you will want to kill yourself. And two, absolutely make sure that you watch Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace in one sitting because you kind of need to for this movie to work. But it's worth it. I think anyway. Alright, what else do we have here? Um, I'm going to skip the uh, the big streaming movies for Parker, whenever Absolutely. you want to slide them in. Like, 
Uh, one of us those can run for definitely... I, I, I don't. It doesn't oh, matter. Those, I'm those so ready for this. I have to talk about, you so guys have to tag team this. Because, my God. Okay, so. Uh, fortunately, slash unfortunately, that was not the only streaming service content I watched. Because this stupid fucking Resident Evil show just dropped on Netflix this week. Oh, one of my coworkers Boy. told me, dude, you gotta check it out. Your name is Chris Field, like Chris Redfield. Never got that before. You, uh, you probably That's should fun. never talk to that guy again. Oh, he's, he's, <laughs> just put it out there. And if he's listening, yeah, man, you should feel bad. He's not listening. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literally just a fucking PS3 cinematic for an hour 20. And, uh, oh there's zombies. And the government's It's only bad. an hour 20, I don't know. I thought it was like a series. Hang on now, I could do an hour it's, 20. Yeah. It's a four-episode <laughs> series, and they're each like, yeah, they're each like 23 minutes, including the flashback to the previous episode. Yeah, Parker, this could be on next year's list. We, we might as well get ahead show. of this. Fuck. Yeah, you know what? Strike while the iron's hot. That's what <laughs> I always next say. Next week's episode. And fucking owns, because like, this, this literally starts, like we get like a flashback to like some war shit where like some zombies wake up that like, like there's like some dead American soldiers that the rebels hang up They're from fucking a country called Parmistan or some <laughs> dumb shit. Like, hey! Yeah, yeah, Parmistan's back, dude. Like, yeah. Well, they did win the championship. It, it's literally like almost exactly Parmistan. I can't even remember what it actually is because, you know. I the think it might actually be Parmistan. Let's just call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like we get the scene where it's like, oh, these soldiers get ambushed, and like the the bad guys like string them up, and they turn into zombies. Oh, isn't that crazy? Cut to the White House where there's a zombie outbreak, which is extremely dope because it's like, you know, they're running around like shooting the press secretary and shit, and like you see blood splatter across the Washington portrait. It's like, okay, maybe this is going somewhere, and that doesn't go anywhere. Now, uh, I've heard about the series that there is uh, an overabundance of lore, and I know how you feel about lore. Now, of all things to celebrate, uh, Resident Evil storyline is usually not the things that people want to celebrate. Well, let me put it this way. I've never played a Resident Evil game to completion because I don't care. Like, I'm sure, like, at some point I'll play the remakes of the first two because they're just games that take, like, four hours. And, like, yeah, people said that 4 was fun, but also, when 4 came out, I was, like, in the peak of needhood and didn't want to see other people, and I didn't want to play games with them, so I never really had that experience. Like, whatever, man, it happens. Like, I'm not besmirching the series when I say this or anything, but, like, I don't feel like I missed anything from not playing any of these games. It's like, oh, here's these characters. They were in the games. Here's this new girl. You see her? All the fucking horny dorks gonna be mad when she dies in 40 minutes because they're like, oh, new bay, new bay. Like, shut the fuck up, losers. Oh God, no, she. It. It, wait, like, wait. When you when you say new bay, is this gonna be like that lady Demistrick you or whatever the the big butt lady is from the new game? Uh, no it won't yeah. be, because they killed her off before, like, the hour mark. So, we don't uh, have to worry about it. Thank sorry, you, Parker. whoever made this. <laughs> sure about that? Like, I just, I can't fucking imagine watching, like, the PS3 cutscene animated show and be like, Oh, the animated girl's so hot, dude, I hope they don't kill her, I hope she doesn't get eaten by zombies. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people, dude? It's literally the only thing that I've seen other people say about the show. It's like, I can't believe they killed the hot girl. Like, 
It's unfucking <laughs> real, dude. I, 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 so I have to admit, I'm a little curious about the, the way you're describing it. It's like, how hot could she have been? No, 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 no. No, okay, okay. I, I'm calling, I like canceling this, aborting this mission because this is going to be like every one of those internet waifu things. It's like the who's the who's the girl? The the I hate saying this phrase. Forgive me for saying this phrase. The mommy milkers girl. Would she work for AT and T or something? Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Don't isolate it. And like, she's, <laughs> <laughs> enhance. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like her, there was like a girl, like not flow from progressive, but there was some other girl who worked for like Samsung. Not even a girl. She was like an animated computer thing. She looked like the girl from B Movie. Josh, calm down. And she was like with Samsung or something B like that. And the internet always goes crazy over the. Well, you know, bees are very short, so I guess we have a chance. Um, <laughs> all of us under under uh, under five eight people, you know, can't have the chat anyway. stealing all of our women. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, like okay, whoever this character is, she's gonna be like them. Same with Lady Dimitri, like the big butt lady from Resident Evil Eight or whatever. Like it, the internet always gets on, just like oh, the, the new waifu or whatever or something like that. I fucking hate that shit, dude. It's embarrassing, dude. It's so like, embarrassing. And honestly, this kind of harkens back to something that you mentioned earlier on uh, about the Twitter and like the horny posters and everything like that. Fucking rein it in, guys. Seriously. I like, like, I literally like have like a, you know, you know, like the fucking Game of Thrones thing where like the girl has like the list of like the people that she's gonna kill in her brain because like what they did to her family. <laughs> okay, that's Morgan, like this is a bit strong. <laughs> that that's like like I have like one of those lists going for everybody that ever said anything to me about the OK Boomer girl, dude. Like that's Oh that, that was I'm the peak so happy I don't know who that is. Oh, I will be spared. Well, you say that. No, oh, I, you're not. Don't it's, make it's, me it's watch only her a when 15 the second assignment, again. dude. Like, yeah. exactly. So, what, like four minutes or something? All right. What else did you watch? <laughs> yeah, he's got to watch it on repeat, that, dude. No, God, that was like peak quarantine. It's like everyone needs to fucking log off. Jo, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, y'all got to get it. Get keep the boys it together. In there. This isn't your first day online. God damn, guys. <laughs> it is. Let's fucking keep it together. Just, although I, I, I will say that the the highlight of that arc was her losing like a hundred thousand Twitch followers when she revealed on stream she had a boyfriend. Like literally, like like somebody posted the fucking chart time. of it going down. I mean, that's so that shit's been funny. going on since that shit happens. By the way, in K-pop all the time, that shit happened back in the fucking nineteen sixties with the Beatles. John Lennon wasn't allowed to uh, reveal that he had a wife who he beat senselessly all the time because all the girls wanted to get with John. Uh, all right. So the next movie that you <laughs> watched, we have peppered in some domestic abuse. Yeah. Alex, what did you watch this week? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I mentioned this to Parker, and I am now mentioning it to the rest of the world. Dude, the Dynasty Warriors movie on Netflix fucking slaps. Oh, I might be in. So, Chris, have you played the games? I think I played one of them at a friend's house, and I just it... pressed, I just pressed square over and over and over again, and I won. Was it on PlayStation Two? Yeah. So you played Dynasty Warriors 4, or 3, I think. I think it was 3. The one I'll that literally everyone had, because that game was a fucking banger. And, I think uh, that's one of them, yeah. I yeah. think that's it. Yeah. Um, 
fucking everybody I know had Dynasty Warriors 3. That was, like, the perfect, like, show up at somebody's house. We're just gonna mash on these, like, fucking enemies for, like, four hours and then, like, go eat pizza or something. Yeah, you press square on over and over and again and you yeah. win. Yeah, and you can, like, spin around and, like, your weapon has, like, a soul and does special attacks and shit. Yeah, it's fucking sick. So, uh, you know, most, most, uh, movie adaptations of video games will try to go deep into, like, the story and the lore and, like, all of the things that, like, got you engaged with the series. <laughs> Stuff Not like. this movie. <laughs> Not this movie. <laughs> so, we we have, like, the, the big battle at the beginning, you know, the Yellow Turban Rebellion. Anybody that knows anything about Dynasty Warriors knows what that is. We're introduced to the bad guy, Dong Zhuo. There's a freeze frame of him briefly. Oh where it shows, like, his Chinese name character on the side, it unfreezes, and his first line is, I am Dong Zhuo, and this is my army. Just, we're immediately into, like, <laughs> characters oh, identifying I'm themselves. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this in terms of video games. In terms of video games, I'd be like, yeah, that's normal. But in terms of a movie, it'd be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like... I mean, you've seen, like, Chinese-made action movies. Like, you've had headaches before. You know what they look like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's that the whole time. It's but it's just, like, the camera, f like, doing, like, fast spins around characters. People getting thrown up in the air. Like, magic gets introduced extremely quickly into this. My entire like, life is a headache. I'm ready for this. This can't like, hurt me any more than life has. We get, like, this extremely dope, like, 15-minute opening set piece. And then we get, like, a 20-minute lore dump, and then the rest of the movie is just people wailing on each other with swords. No, like, I know what's going on because I've played the games, but if I didn't, I would be completely clueless as to what the fuck was happening. But it looks cool as shit, so I don't care. Like, there's literally, like, the only character that they added to this story was, like, a fucking exposition character who explains that, like, oh, here's the reason that all of your weapons have souls, and your weapons are also descended from legendary warriors. And if you have a weapon, that means you're gonna be a legendary warrior, and all the people with weapons have to go out and fight each other, and da 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 da, -da. And it's like, thanks for the exposition, can we get back to the wailing? And then they wail on each other some more. And, uh, look, if you want to see a movie where a dude rides a wave, like, you know, sideways like he's surfing, while on a horse... This is the movie for you. <laughs> if that doesn't sound in. appealing, you can skip it. That sounds I, uh, good. I, I believe what I said to Parker was, dude, next time you're drinking at somebody's house, just throw this bad boy on. You'll love it. It's It's got all of the hallmarks. Like, it's unnecessarily gory, but not just, like, blood shooting everywhere. Like, you know, all Japanese gore. Um, it's got a horrible English dub. Like... Where they, they, they make an effort to make the English voices match up to the mouths, but also it makes everybody's conversation sound stilted and stupid in the best possible way. Like, it fucking owns, dude. And, like, I might be in. This is, like, this movie is literally, like, the first, like, one-eighth of, like, the Dynasty Warriors story. So they're clearly planning on making a bunch of them. Oh, my understanding, good. My understanding is that this bombed in China, which... If, if that's the case and we don't get another one, like, screw you guys. Like, you deserve the sanctions. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> dude. After all of the shit they've kept alive, the absolute nerve to not show up for this. I, it's unreal. 
We have like six Transformers movies because these motherfuckers, and they can't go see Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah, this is worst garbage. thing China ever did. The one for Absolutely. them, one for us, man. Like, come on, like <laughs> the nerve. This is supposed to be reciprocal, man. All right, what else we got here? So I don't even remember how I found this. I was looking for something else on Just Watch, and I like typoed it, and like this movie popped up. A movie called Dead Tides from 1997. Now, this movie stars one, Rowderick Roderick Piper. Oh, my God. Uh, he I just is... lurched forward so quickly. <laughs> yes, oh same. He is some sort of, like, freelance boat skipper who's in a love triangle with this girl and this guy who just looks like a roided-up Colin Farrell. And the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie... Well, let me back up. This movie opens with a set piece of, like, this drug dealer, you know, his wife pulls up with a boat with this, this you know, drug runner guy and a bunch of drugs, and they find out he was trying to steal some, and so there's, like, a chase scene. It's, like, a really bad, like, 90s action-y chase scene where, like, like the, the muzzle flashes on the guns, like, don't even match up with, like, when the people are pulling their guns up. Uh, there's a motorcycle chase, there's a guy doing a backflip away from an explosion... Uh, they finally catch him, they bring him back over to the drug dealer's house, where the drug dealer shoots him from his bedroom window with a sniper rifle. Don't worry about it. Now we cut to the Rowdy Roddy Piper love triangle, where he just, he's just having sex with this lady, and then this fucking roided out British dude comes in, he's like, oh, she's supposed to be with me, not with you, you keep disappearing, you lost your chance, da da da, and then he just beats the fuck out of Rowdy Roddy Piper. And then the lady from the beginning recruits him to uh, to run drugs. But oh, the roided out British dude is also in the Coast Guard, so he stops them and he beats him up a second time. And he fucking throws him <laughs> off the boat like three different times in this movie. Like literally tosses him into the fucking water. And then there's a second love triangle that also involves Rowdy Roddy Piper. With him and the drug dealer's wife and the drug dealer. And there's just people banging and people fighting. And then <laughs> this extremely extra climax in Mexico like what I'm saying is it's really good <laughs> sounds like and if, if you look at the fucking cover of this like wherever you look at your movie covers it has Rowdy Roddy Piper's face in profile on the front and the cover is like 20% nose it's I really saw funny. that I saw that it was hilarious <laughs> it's, this is the biggest fucking schnoz Long ass, big ass nose. Your big ass nose. <laughs> Just impossibly stupid, like '90s movie that was clearly made for whatever lifetime for dudes would be like. But uh, yeah, you can do a lot worse. As I did, because after watching this, I was like, you know what? I bet Rowdy Roddy Piper made some other good movies. So I dove into the the Piperverse, if you will, and discovered a movie called Terminal Rush. Now let me tell you about Rowdy Roddy Piper's character in this movie before I go into How the detail about it. Is he in? I thought he was just. I don't in know. Two. Terminal Rush is a winner of a title. So his character, he's like the top henchman for this British terrorist whose plan is to take over the Hoover the Hoover Dam and threaten to blow it up if he doesn't get a bunch of money. Our introduction to Rowdy Roddy Piper is him, like, you know, blowing away a dude and taking off his sunglasses to reveal that underneath them his face is just painted like he's still wearing sunglasses. 
This Sly Cooper looking <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> just has that on for the entire fucking movie. So anyway, you know, they're trying to take over the Hoover Dam, and we cut to our hero, a uh, um, a sheriff's deputy of native descent who used to be in the Army Rangers, who's, uh, you know, he's trying to make a life for him and his wife, you know, out in the desert. She's pregnant. She doesn't want to live in the desert. But he's like, no, no, you know, uh, my grandfather, like, said that he saw a vision where I did, like, a great thing in this community, and that hasn't happened yet, so, like, I can't, like, like we can't leave. And she's like, well, I'm gonna leave you to raise our baby somewhere that isn't this fucking, you know, wasteland hellhole. And then, uh, the terrorists take over the Hoover Dam, and his dad is there. So our hero, <laughs> Sheriff's Deputy Don the Dragon Wilson, must go into the Hoover Dam. Get the fuck out okay. of here. Okay, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> Allow me. Oh my gosh, started levitating. Allow me to get my notes out for this one because I took an entire page of. Her. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Just rocking back and forth like a madman. <laughs> so, uh, just I'm just gonna rapid fire some of these notes off. The uh, like the the sheriff guy is a cop named Snooky. <laughs> what year did this come out? 1996. Okay. The year. There's a uh, there's a scene, you know, like the 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 armies, like you know, setting up in their positions around uh, Hoover Dam. There's a lot of shots of like dudes in like fucking spirit Halloween military uniforms, like rappelling down cliffs and shit. And then Rowdy Roddy Piper walks out with like a shoulder la- launching like one shot missile launcher, and just blows away like eight of these little encampments, and then looks at the camera and says, "That was better than sex." <laughs> um we uh we get a scene where the one guy who he's either Don the Dragon Wilson's partner or his wife's brother or both or neither I'm really not sure but for some reason his wife cares about him and he's in some other scenes we find out he's like the inside man the one that's betraying them because he knows the password to turn off the dam I don't know but uh take your word on it. We get, like, goddamn. Dude, we get we get our first like confrontation between Don the Dragon Wilson and the bad guy, where they're like holding guns to each other's head. And this guy wanders in, he's like and Don the Dragon Wilson's like, Oh thank god, Webb, you're here and the other guy's like, No, actually he works for me. Shoot this guy and they're just both yelling at him and this guy's like clearly like about to have a fucking crisis and then he's like, What are you doing, you fucking idiot? Shoot him He's like, I'm not an idiot, man, I'm just dyslexic <laughs> Does that come back later? You will see. Yes! Oh my goodness. Parker. <laughs> Our weekends oh are, are taken. Almost immediately after this, the bad guy looks at Don the Dragon Wilson and says, and I quote, What's your problem, Chief? Did we violate the sacred burial ground or something? Again, Don the Dragon Wilson. <laughs> During the first fight between Don the Dragon Wilson and Rowdy Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper picks up a CRT monitor and just flings it at Don the Dragon Wilson's head. And all I could think about was how pissed Josh must be about this. <laughs> Why? Because it's a CRT or because it counts as an item? There's, actually no, there's no input delay. It's actually the preferred <laughs> So you remember how I said that guy yelled out of nowhere about being dyslexic? Yeah. Uh, so he gets recaptured by the bad guy at the end. You know, he's forced to give up the passcode. 
And then the bad guy sticks like an 8-inch knife into the back of his neck. He's lying down on the floor bleeding when Don the Dragon Wilson discovers him and goes, Oh, well, this guy's dead. I better start trying to guess the password so I can figure it out. And then the guys just start like, uh, uh, uh. It's like, what's that? What are you trying to say? Uh, uh, uh. And he looks down on the floor and the guy has written rats in blood on the floor, like in his own blood. Just wrote it. He's like, ah, the password's rats. He types it in. Password invalid. So he stands there. He's thinking. He's thinking. He goes, ah, the password is star and types it in and saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we get a reveal That's at the so end <laughs> we get a reveal at the end that he was not the only insider because Snooky is also working for the bad guys so <laughs> you know he's confronted by Don the Dragon Wilson as they beat each other up while he's driving a cop car while his pregnant wife is in the backseat yelling <laughs> he defeats Snooky. He's like, I gotta go to whatever fucking canyon where they're doing the drop. Because apparently it wasn't about the original thing. It was actually about this other thing that was worth even more money. They, uh, <laughs> Don the Dragon Wilson stops him. <laughs> or, uh, no, he doesn't stop him. He's about to stop him. Like, like he shows up at, like, the exchange where they're handing off the money. And he says, hey, you better use that money to get a good attorney. I hear the dream team is looking for work. Four years after that. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> incredible film. What is it? It's I think it's streaming free on Tubi TV. That sounds oh, right. Geez. That's where all of Don the Dragon Wilson's movies That's That's live. right. That's the Don the <laughs> Dragon Wilson channel. It is so good. So, so good. Now, you might be wondering... Why I revealed to you all of these details about something that easily could be a plausible future episode. And the reason for that is because I found our actual next episode. Yes. Have you guys ever heard of a movie called No Retreat, No Surrender? I have. I have not. Oh no. Uh oh. Alright. So let's start off with our first scene. We're in downtown Los Angeles there's this guy you know he's teaching a karate class you know doing his moves teaching all the kids how to be good the mafia shows up they uh they're like hey uh you know have you thought about our offer to buy the place and he's like and this this fucking karate teacher who is maybe the worst actor I've ever seen in my life is just like no I will not let you take this from me as he's like pointing his hand at like 45 degree angle towards the ground so, the Mafia goons try to fight him. He fights one of them off. <laughs> and then Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> because this was his first role. <laughs> where he is Hell just, yes. like, the fucking heavy for these Mafia guys who want who knows what. So, obviously, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme breaks this guy's fucking leg. So the guy has to move his family all the way to Seattle. Um... They hop in the car, you know, they get out, they're unpacking. The kid, like, the, the karate guy's kid, who's, like, the main character of this movie, really loves karate. Not especially good at it. He, uh, he meets some of the neighborhood kids as they're unpacking, um, including his friend, the, uh, the token black character who has a boombox attached to his bike 
busts a rhyme in exactly one scene, and then has an entirely different scene where he's dressed like Michael Jackson and breakdances. Oh, fuck yes, What dude. year was this one? 86? Ah, uh, good year. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But uh, don't worry, during the breakdancing scene, it is extremely clear that it is a white dude wearing a wig. <laughs> it is God, this dude has directed so much trash. Like, <laughs> we meet the, uh, the neighborhood bully, who is this fat kid who's just chowing down on a box of ho-hos and getting fucking shit all over his face. And he's supposed to be the menacing one. <laughs> Um, you know, our our main character and his new friend become fast friends. He saves his friend from the fat kid bullying him at a hamburger restaurant. Where a scene that starts with the fat kid being served a literal entire tray of hamburgers. <laughs> Get these hamburger plates. He tries to enroll at the local karate gym. But, uh, the fat kid is also enrolled at the karate gym. And tells, like, the assistant sensei, like, Hey man, this guy was talking a lot of shit about Seattle karate. He thinks Los Angeles karate is way better. So the sensei gets pissed <laughs> and sends his best fighter to fight this fucking red belt kid that can't fucking do anything. Beats the fuck out of him, humiliates him. He has to run away from the gym. He's like, "God, man, I'm I'm just I'm so bummed out. I don't know what to do." So he goes to visit the grave of Bruce Lee for help. Oh my god. Dude, now, Chris. Chris, I see your face lighting up. What if I told you that this kid's trainer, in, like, the climactic scenes of this movie, is the ghost of Bruce Lee that visits him in an abandoned house? I... No. If the ghost no. of Bruce Lee in this is played by Bruce Campbell, <laughs> I am so in. If only, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he, he trains, you know, he... he his dad is now a bartender and gets harassed by some dudes who hate karate for some reason. <laughs> so he has anti -karate to karate bigots. <laughs> to save his dad from being beat up by anti-karate goons. We're at like the hour mark. He's completed his training. How do we end the last 25 minutes of this movie? Ah, of course, the mafia's back and they're like, we're gonna stage a fighting tournament in Seattle so we can take over, I guess. <laughs> so the last, the entire third act of this movie is Jean-Claude Van Damme in a fucking, like, boxing ring set up at a high school gym just beating the fuck out of people. <laughs> it is fucking incredible, dude. I'm so ready to talk about it for an hour and a half. Chris Penn waddles into frame. <laughs> it's no. unbelievably good. The fact that I was able to say all of that and leave so much on the table. <laughs> Are you aware of what the sequel is? I am not aware that there was a sequel. Uh, an American kickboxer must go to Cambodia to rescue his Vietnamese girlfriend from Russian and Vietnamese troops. <laughs> Sounds Three like of the next two episodes. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Weird, it says Cambodian, his Vietnamese girlfriend, but the only woman I see so far is Cynthia Rothrock, so this, <laughs> might, the, this might be a little sketchy. <laughs> oh, that movie! <laughs> oh, you've seen it, oh. Uh, I've, I've, Same director, you uh, say? Good, <laughs> continuity's important. I'm glad yeah. you, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, because uh, it reminded me of the one thing that I wanted to talk about, about Quantum of Solace and Forgot. 
Why is Olga Kurlenko playing a Brazilian? No idea. It's fucking incredible. You can't throw that last name at me. We all know what's going on. It's here. fucking incredible that, like, that's one of those movies that, like, the woke internet has decided that they love because the bad guy is capitalism. Oh, but yeah. they all just, like, brush over the fucking blackface. <laughs> like, like, oh, no, that was fine. But, uh, you know, see, they, they understand that, uh, the people with money, they're the bad ones. <sighs> you have to use racism to infiltrate them. <laughs> So we're going to stop doing. Team Rocket in this episode. <laughs> you guessed it. Blackface and slurs. <laughs> Let's pop that balloon. Alright, so Parker, you want to talk about the streaming slot now, or after you talk about your other movies? Uh, you know what? I'll just pepper in like one or two things, if that. Yeah. I was going to just skip it all, but since you talked for a long time about our good friend Roderick Roddy Piper, <laughs> boy, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown really, really, truly is just... Hey, what if instead of kangaroo people, they were frog people? Oh, come on. <laughs> instead wait, no, of an no, annoying wait, woman. Is, wait, hold up. This is better than Tank Girl. <laughs> well, of course it is. But also, I downloaded it. I mean, I paid for it. And I was like, why is this called Hell Comes to Frogtown? Oh, I see. His last name is Hell. Why is it called Frogtown? Oh, I see. <laughs> They're frog people. <laughs> the title, which makes no sense out of context, could not be more literal. It's literally just Steve goes to the city. Great. <laughs> My good friend Steve Hell going to Frogtown. Man. Parker, would you like to talk what about the picture. plot of this movie? No, I can't. The plot of the movie is, hey, everyone, not only do they want to fuck Roddy Piper, they have to. <laughs> he is one of the last remaining people whose sperm can just produce... Hot Canadian children. Which, by the way, boy, uh... Turns out when you don't have John Carpenter directing, you, they really can't wrangle that Canadian accent. <laughs> it is... Yeah, it's yeah, it a lot. <laughs> hey, what's going on out here? Great cut. Perfect. I love the post-apocalyptic future. <laughs> it is... Man. I don't want to say bad, because... There's a lot of creativity going on, but... It's also not... At about the hour mark, I was like, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I've seen enough of this. That movie is, like, like under 80 minutes, and still you're just like, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Like, you think the movie's over, it's like, okay, so now the double-crossing general, I'm just throwing my hands in there like, I don't know, the frog people are dead, I don't care anymore. (laughs) Cut to black. Now, Alex, obviously you're never going to watch this, but I would highly, highly recommend watching the trailer for it, because the trailer's really fucking funny. I might. Yeah, you'll get everything you need from there. I might have to do that. I, I've got yeah, a the trailer uh, really <laughs> leans into it. I've got a couple more rowdy Roddy movies in my watch list, including one called Immortal Combat. So, oh my god, what? <laughs> <laughs> just clutch my heart. <laughs> you say we're I doing mean, space damage. chastity belt that'll like explode, but it has a flap so he can fuck people. Hey, uh, so why is he wearing that? That's a lot. You don't hey, want hey, his nads to explode. Hey, Parker. Ask, ask me who's opposite Rowdy Roddy Piper in Immortal Kombat. Who's opposite Don't Rowdy Roddy Piper in Mortal Kombat? Sonny Chiba. Oh my god. I am invincible. <laughs> Nothing can stop me until I see this movie. I can walk into traffic right now. The cars will miss. I have to see this movie. Oh my god. It is on YouTube. That, yeah, that's where it should be, mm-hmm. I bet. 
I'm very excited. Keep talking about your little uh, movies. I just gotta see something here. Immortal. You know what? The rest I can talk about later. (laughs) I feel like these two movies could be a discussion. (laughs) You pick. Let's start with The Ice Road, which is the second Liam Neeson in a truck in the snow movie, with also with Native American racism. You didn't learn your lesson the first time. You're like, oh, let's go back for a second. Maybe this one will be good. Hey, imagine my surprise, man. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine when they start assembling their trucking crew, and they just start throwing slurs at this Native woman. (laughs) Their trucking crew is like five people. It's four people and two of them die halfway through. <laughs> now, you really uh, played your cards close to the chest here. I at no sure point did. You, did. No point did you explain, oh, by the way, Liam Neeson's brother's mentally handicapped. <laughs> you trusted me to watch the garbage on my own, knowing that if you tipped your hand, I would have watched it that night. Absolutely. But you trusted me. Yeah, I, I know boy. You. Boy, when the introduction is him being teased by people taking his food and tossing around in a lunchroom, I, in the privacy of my own home, said something very inappropriate, and then the character on screen immediately repeated what I said, and I <laughs> stared in horror, like, oh shit, I was joking, and then, like, you're supposed to be. This is, oh, boy. this character, you know, you know, is worth exploring, because, uh, Liam Neeson and his brother get uh <laughs> they get fired the from trepidation they get fired from the trucking company at the beginning because one of the other dudes the trucking company calls him the word and then Liam Neeson's like hey man don't call my brother that so he just says it again and Liam Neeson beats <laughs> the fuck out of him so they get fired and then like the next like hour of the movie is just like oh man you know like I'm trying my hardest to be responsible for you but you're not making it easy and da 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 and like I'm gonna have to like put you in like a home or something I can't take care of you anymore but also his brother's like a genius mechanic which exactly <laughs> like, why you are you trying to have a better co-pilot yeah. with you? <laughs> we have a scene of them like at the hospital and him like ready to fist fight the doctor for trying to prescribe him medicine for his PTSD question mark the nerve of these liberal doctors trying to help my brother stop screaming in his sleep all night disgusting dude oh my god <laughs> parker you want to talk about how his ptsd manifests like <laughs> oh, fuck. i don't even remember how honestly <laughs> this movie it's Dude, one of no, the most boring so he things just, I've like, ever seen in my life. He, he just, like, his brother, like, just says all his words, like, out of order. And the only person that can understand it is Liam Neeson. It's literally God, like that's, watching that's Dan right. Marino and Shannon Sharp. <laughs> it's like literally like the only person that can understand what the fuck he's saying. Like like it's literally like, like he'll just say a string of random words and then fucking Liam Neeson will go, That's right, Shannon. I do think the Packers are gonna be great in coverage today. It's incredible, dude. It's like a fucking Fat Albert bit, but it's mentally <laughs> handicapped brother. It's so fucked up. But also, like, it's not that obvious. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but a decision was clearly made like, hey, maybe let's not explore this all the way. 
They're lost, by the way. A whole lot. Because of... Liam Neeson is just sleepwalking. <laughs> so, <laughs> the genesis of this movie is that there was like a cave-in at a mine or something, because somebody turned off the gas alarm, <laughs> and the company wants to cover it up by murdering all the miners. So they send this like doomed mission to the fucking North Pole or something with Liam Neeson, his brother. Some Indian girl, the insurance adjuster guy, and Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne lasts, what, 20 minutes into this movie? Before he gets... That was a real, uh... He all signed on for a week, yeah. sure. Why not? Oh, you need me for three hours? Okay, you got it. <laughs> do, I, do I get to honk the horn on the big truck? <laughs> right, I'm in. Like... There's, like, this whole subplot of, like, sabotage and insurance fraud and, like, it's all boring. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but, uh, they they find ways to be exceedingly racist for no reason. Just real, real play into oh, the cheap, yeah. cheap, cheap seats there. Like, dear God, man. I am just now in this moment learning that the writer-director of this is the writer-director of the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. And a lot of dots are getting connected in my head right now. A lot of things are coming together. Yeah. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. So, uh, this movie is bad. It's not good. You don't need to watch it. But also, it's one of those movies where they hold the entire CGI budget for the third act to, like, blow up some bridges and shit. But also, the entire CGI budget is, like, $8. <laughs> they flipped the trucks, like, four times. They never get <laughs> They keep cutting back to the people inside the mines. You're like, we're running out of oxygen. You're like, oh yeah, that's what this is all for. I forgot. <laughs> and then we cut to some boardroom of these shady people. Like, ah, oh, you know, we'll just uh, we'll stage it to look like an accident. Like, I don't give a shit about any of this. And then they cut back to the road. And you're like, wait, I don't care about this either. <laughs> oh man, I'm stuck here. I love when they like almost make it up to the mine, and then all the goons are trying to stop them because they have to kill the miners at all costs. And they're just like, no, for the insurance, we need to make it look like an accident. All you guys on snowmobiles with guns are not allowed to shoot your guns. <laughs> you guys on snowmobiles trying to take down the 18-wheelers. No bullets whatsoever. Just run them off the road somehow. And they almost succeed multiple times. Fucking, his brother gets like a hero's death, you know, sacrifices himself to save them. <laughs> Which, like, in and of itself, like, whatever. Like, you know, we get the whole, you know, oh, he was a combat veteran. Like, yeah, of course it's going to come back later. But, like, at the beginning of this movie, Liam Neeson rips up a pamphlet for some, like, fancy truck that they can't afford. Because I guess his brother just is a train guy except for trucks. And uh, at the end of the movie, like, the nurse walks out of the hospital where, like, they have his brother's body. And they're like, hey, we found this with his things. We thought you want to have it. And it's the fucking truck pamphlet from the beginning of the movie taped together. It's, it's a brochure. <laughs> oh, here's your junk mail. Your dead brother wanted you to have this. No message. No, like, personal blessing. Like, hey, you should, uh, I guess, you know, you should fulfill your destiny and buy this shitty truck. Whatever. No dog tags, no cross necklace, just, <laughs> hey, here's you go, here's a cash for gold flyer, you fucking idiot, enjoy. <laughs> this movie is, like, two hours, and that should be illegal. It's, it's disgusting. It honestly, it offends my sensibilities that both of us watched it, but also, I'm glad both of us watched it. 
Christmas. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if not now, then when? Because this is if this was an episode, it would have been Tuesday afternoon. It would have been a lot of like, guys, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck do we do now? Yeah, it is. It's not good. So, hey, tell me if you've heard this one before. The company sends someone along with the truckers, you know, just to keep an eye on them. And it turns out he's shady and he's actually working against the truckers. What? I did. You uh, learned this by he plays it cool for twenty minutes and then just starts being racist. <laughs> that's what you find out. I, uh, I I did appreciate the reveal of like you know Lawrence Fishburne has been under the ice for like ninety seconds and he just starts like pointing at the native woman and shrieking like I saw her she put the wrong gas in the truck that's the reason it blew up that's the reason he's dead you got to tie her up right now oh my god she's vicious like you have to tie her up. you have to tie her up she's she's on the take from the insurance company and she's like my brother works at the mine I'm just trying to help them she's like no no we have to stop her <laughs> and then they do tie her up <laughs> she's like oh my god this fucking half-breed piece of shit did it like my brother's about to die and then the next scene she's tied up in her own truck and liam neeson's like oh thank god well that's over with let's get back on the road <laughs> he's really giving it his little let that poor man rest just you can say no at this point man it's fine it's all you know it was cold as shit that could have been a fun shoot like why why say yes to this it's not like an Adam Sandler movie. It's like, hey, you want to go to the Bahamas for like six weeks? You're just cold as shit. You're trying to not say something offensive to your Adam Sandler brother really in the movie. does have it figured out, though. He truly does. Here's a hundred million dollars. Have fun in Jamaica. Like... <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna flip this truck. Uh, we couldn't afford a stunt double, so just buckle in. <laughs> It'll be okay. God, they flipped the trucks like 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, oh, wow, that's like a cool thing. And then I paused it. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. How much of the movie is going to be them stuck on the road and then something stops them and they have to get back on the road? Turns out, an hour 40 of it. (laughs) No good. Very bad. For all of 24 hours, this was holding the top spot in my mind as the longest movie I'd ever seen in my life. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then we switched to Amazon Prime <laughs> for what would have been a whole episode. So, Chris, don't ever say we never did anything nice for you. Thank you. Because, my God. I would have loved to hear Chris try to explain the plot of this movie to our listeners. Because <laughs> it's like seven movies. It would it would have been 50-50. It would have either been like a fun like three-hour conversation trying to piece it together. Or just the most bitter. I don't know. And then they got here somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and then we're done by midnight. I mean, so just both, are, clarify, both are funny for us, but only one is absolutely. funny. To clarify, the movie you guys are talking about is the Tomorrow War, right? It sure is. Absolutely. All right. You know what? You know how sad <laughs> is that this was also a Paramount movie, knowing that Prime saw like all those options. Like, <coughs> oh, you guys can keep the Wahlberg one. We'll take this. Other. Thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. I would absolutely watch Infinite again before I rewatch this. I mean, it's a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot shorter. So let's let's go in the order of the fucking absolutely. seven movies that are in this movie. God almighty. Let's dig in. Movie one. Chris Pratt's just, you know, uh, 
you know, just a hot, funny science teacher at a high school. You know, he used to be in the military, he wants to work for some contractor, he's having a party at his house, but, you know, got the big call, you know, he's got this big job interview, he's really excited, you know. Guys, you know, I don't know, I think this is the one, I think these people really like me. Like, leaves their fucking World Cup party to, uh, <laughs> to go to this interview. More on that later. Yeah. Gets, More like, on that. literally leaves the house, gets to the car. The people call him and go, hey, we're gonna go with somebody else. So he goes back into the party all solid and sulking. And his daughter's there. He's like, oh, you're the smartest scientist ever. Da, 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 da. And then time travelers appear at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what? Silly at first, but... Man, I'll give it that. The entire world's watching. You know what? I can go that with that. That makes sense, yeah. I'll give it that conceit. I, yeah. I respect the fact I'm not that mad like, yet. they have this, you know, like winter world cup that's never happened before that's happening next year so they're using it as like the christmas party slash world cup party like like that's that's cool it's good world building like i know what time this takes place like it's near future that's all you need to tell me and they show up as the fucking dude is like trying to score the breakaway goal to win the game which yeah also when i would show up makes sense so anyway the future people come and they're like we are from the future aliens are attacking earth and we need to draft old people to come fight them. So, uh, movie two. <laughs> you may you may be asking yourself, why old people? You'll be asking yourself that for the following two well, hours. Well, that one is explained, unlike everything I mean, else in this it's movie. It's explained. Well, explained, but also still incredibly stupid. I mean... But we'll get there. <laughs> at, like, when they reveal that, I was still willing to, like, you know, suspend disbelief of this movie. Because, like, they're like, yeah, we, uh... We can only bring people who died in, like, your timeline before the aliens came. Or, like, in the next, like, X amount of years or whatever. So it's just, like, people, okay, you know... Like, all these, like, dudes in their 40s, like, getting their draft alerts. And then they show up for, like... I'll yeah. put, okay, I'll rephrase it. It's all boomers who also were not given any gun training whatsoever. Correct. Or any sort of protective gear. <laughs> Chris Pratt gets sent into the portal wearing a fucking polo shirt. Like, it's... <laughs> It's not good. We uh, the dude next to him cannot reload his gun as they're being sent into the future. Ah, uh, yes, the comic relief character whose name I we don't know. Oh, yes, there. we will. Uh, let's see who else is in the crew. Uh, there's the lady that played Chloe on Twenty Four. Um, oh, good. That's that's awesome that you wrote that and not Gail the Snail. <laughs> yeah, that's a good where point. We, yeah, where we differ. Um, uh, there is a guy who is introduced as. He's on his third tour in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, what a humble brag. <laughs> uh, we get, this dude's got a lot of wisdom, but also does not tell anyone anything of importance until after it's too late. Yeah, we get like... It's really cool. We get like a really like shitty training montage because they're basically not trained before they get sent in. You know, they find out all the lore. It's like, okay, so you're going to be in the future for a week and you have this armband on. And after a week, it's just going to warp you back here. Like no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, it's going to warp you back. And the reason that we, we send people in for a week is because every seventh day, all the aliens sleep. We call it the Sabbath. It's like, okay, that's a cool idea. Like, I like the fact that, you know, like, the aliens are, like, just this menacing terror for six days a week, and then the last day, they're just, like, fucking off underground to, like, recover or rest or whatever. It's like, alright, neat. So they're like, alright, cool, we gotta send you guys in, because today's the day. Today's the day all the aliens are asleep. So they send them in, 
and something malfunctions, and they end up in the wrong place, getting dropped, like, hundreds of feet from the sky. <laughs> we get people bouncing off buildings, splattering on the pavement. And also, the aliens are there. Because, uh, forget literally everything we just said about world building, because this is not a movie with any internal consistency whatsoever. Like, the, we get a lot of info dump. Like, we find out about the war, like... They have the time travelers come back and tell us about it. And then we just immediately jump months in the future. Like, yeah, we sent a wave in. Like, seven people came back. It's a fucking bloodbath. And then we see people get dropped in. And they just throw 60-year-old people on top of buildings with no armor whatsoever. It's not a good look for our boys. And it's great because, like, at this point you're sitting there thinking, like, Oh, this is the movie. They're just going to be, like, in the in the future, like, this ragtag group of people. Like, Chris Pratt was in the military. He's got to, like, get them together. He's going to be, like, their leader. You know, this this guy that's, like, you know, skeptical and stuff that's been on all these tours. Like, he's going to end up working with them. They're going to be able to, like, do whatever their fucking mission is. And then that's only the movie for, like, 20 minutes. God, it would have been such a good movie. There is so much potential in, like, the first 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah. And then it just crumbles in your hand the longer it goes. And, like, it's worth noting that, like, my biggest complaint through, like, minute 30 was, like, fuck, man, there's a lot of quips in this. Like, I don't want to hear Chris Pratt do quips literally ever because he's not funny. But, uh, like, between him and the comic relief character who doesn't know how to fight, it's like, all right, whatever, man. I get, I get, like, this is what normies want, I guess. Like, I can put up with some of it and then like you see the aliens and chris dude, dude <laughs> you gotta see the aliens dude they're so fucking <laughs> you cool you messaged me you messaged me like you're gonna be so mad because you're gonna see the aliens and think they're so fucking cool and you're gonna have to finish it and as soon as i saw them i messaged you angrily like i'm locked in for the next 90 minutes and knowing this movie will not get better they are so cool this movie could have been so good it i'll really look them up i don't think we're gonna be watching this like I don't like Chris Pratt, but, like, this isn't that bad, Chris Pratt. I came in just ready to hate it. It was like, this is what I expect from yeah. him. Like, this isn't that bad. It's fine. Like, I don't have many glaring issues at all. It's like, I don't like the jokes in 90% of mainstream movies. It's whatever. Correct. They just wash over yeah. me. And then we get to this scene. We see that fucking alien... That first reveal is incredibly good. Oh, when they're when they're and they just start getting wait, blown. which one? The one where they're on the street? It's like down at the end of the street, or when they're in the building and the aliens are coming from above in them. The building, dude. That is oh, the dude. building one is so good. <laughs> when they just like look up in the middle of like this big like rectangular stairwell, and like the alien heads are like peeking over the side, and they start climbing down the stairwell on their like big ass alien legs because they have like eight fucking appendages, and they start just shooting things at people, and everyone's freaking out and running around, and it's like. Oh, fuck yeah, this is what I'm here for. This is dope. It's like, it, if the entire movie is in this city and there's, like, ten of these things, we're talking, like, four stars oh, easy. easily. Like, easily. But you know what's scarier than ten? A hundred. Just so many that it becomes ridiculous and you lose all sense of stakes. Yeah, it's super cool when they just do the World War Z, cl the zombies climbing over the wall God. scene, like, four times. Because there's so An many immediate checkout. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. Uh Big shout out to uh, third tour of duty guy. We watched like easily a dozen people get murdered. They're all just like shooting at it, getting knocked aside, stabbed, eaten, and he's like, "Oh, you have to shoot it under its belly." It's like motherfucker, you've been here three times and at no point told them where to shoot to not die. 
great. Good job. Thanks for coming. His character is incredible because, you know, he gets, like, the emotional reveal after he survives the first attack. Spoilers that, like, the reason he keeps coming back is because he found out that he's going to die from cancer in six months. So he's like, I want to go out my way. But also, every time he goes into the future, he just doesn't want to fight the aliens. He just, like, runs around. <laughs> he is absolutely no help whatsoever to anyone. Like, he should... All he does is tell Chris Pratt, like, he can't keep going back trying to save your friends. It's either us or them. And then he just gets people killed constantly. I mean, not as many as Chris Pratt, though, who gets so many people killed. We, uh... The blood on his hands. So, My God. So, Chris, you remember, like, five minutes ago when I mentioned that Chloe from 24 is in this? Yes. Well, uh, her and, uh, <laughs> some fat guy who literally doesn't even, like, get a name from the movie. Like, uh, well, the fat guy falls down, and Chris Pratt tries to save him, and, like, half their crew dies. And then the two of them are just like, we'll hold them off, you guys go for it. And they're just like, ah, getting this hero's death, while everyone knows an airstrike is coming. And, like, they get eaten, and half a second later, everything gets blown up by the airstrike. It's like, cool, that was for absolutely nothing. Thanks for... Whatever the fuck that was. It's like, he could have just gone to the portal. Yeah. And by the way, just to drop him in, like, okay, they're in this nightmare city, everything's fucked, they're not what they're supposed to be, there's these murderous aliens out. Alright guys, well, there's an airstrike coming, like, no, only need one of those, try again. Yeah. Don't need all that. Uh-huh. I- Here's an unnecessary ticking clock guaranteeing, like, hey, don't enjoy this scene too much, because we're just going to boop on out of there. Don't even worry about it. And, like, the whole time, you know, they have, like, their communications with the the resistance people in the future or whatever, and they're, like, talking to Chris Pratt because, I guess, this thing works. And they're like, alright, I don't know who you are, but I need you to go do this thing. Which, you know, is a scene that makes a lot of sense until we get to the fourth movie, which is (laughs) Chris Pratt at the army base where his daughter in the future is like, yeah, actually, I brought you back because I I know that, that you need to get the magic formula that we don't have yet and you need to take it back to your time because you're a chemistry teacher so you can reproduce it and it's definitely not because i wanted to see my dad or anything it's for this reason and ignore the fact that nobody else knew you were coming and nobody else did literally anything to keep you alive this was my plan the whole time just go with it infuriating one of the most insulting fucking like second act reveals i've ever seen in my fucking life like i I cannot express in words how done with this fucking movie I was when they they <laughs> dump that on you. Like, and like even then, if they actually went with that full steam when he goes back to his own time, good movie. Yeah. But he he just like not to jump ahead too much, but fuck it, this movie jumps all over the place. He goes back to his time, talks to his wife about it once, and it's just okay. Time for an action scene. Goodbye. Like, if the rest of the movie, because we find out she doesn't want to talk to him, because she's really standoffish, because it turns out after he doesn't get that job, he just fucking bails on the family and dies in a car wreck on her, like, her 16th birthday. If he goes back to his time and he's just, like, dealing with all this insane shit of learning all this, knowing he's dead, it's his fault, his family hates his guts, his daughter grew up hating his guts and just got eaten by monsters, that's a good third act. That's a good internal drama, not just... Hey, babe, this crazy thing happened. Okay, me and my dad, J.K. Simmons, have to go to the Arctic now. God, I fucking forgot J.K. Simmons was in this. Yes, sir. (laughs) He has that one scene, and I'm like, oh, that's a silly little cameo. Not knowing that the third act was going to be, hey, you guys see the thing? What if it fucking sucks? You say third act, but that's like... I'm sorry, 17th act. I apologize. Because, like, we find out, like... 
their plan in the future is like, we need to kidnap one of the girl aliens, and then we can inject her with poison, and when we find one that kills her... Uh, an alien yeah. queen, one might well, say. Well, I, uh, I, I do respect the fact that their plan is, what if we go back in time and kill them while they're sitting on the crapper? Like, Absolutely. great plan. It, many ideas, like, at a script level, I'm fine with. Absolutely. The execution leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. I mean, we have this whole, like, late second act climactic scene where it's like, oh my god, Chris Pratt, you gotta get this stuff back to the past so you can mass produce it so we can fight the aliens. But, like, A, they already told us that everybody automatically jumps back. So just, like, put them in a fucking shipping container or something and just lock the door. Exactly. And B... You already told us the day that they jump back is the day that all the aliens are fucking sleeping. So why is the massive alien attack and one of three action set pieces of your movie set during the fucking day that you already told us they're supposed to be asleep? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> There's What I kept thinking of with, like, the logic of this movie is a lot of the opinions I had on Midsummer. Like, oh. alright, I don't need you to spell out all the rules of sci-fi. This isn't a fucking hard sci-fi movie. This is an action movie with time travel. Right. But also, don't be over two hours if you're not going to tell me anything important. It's one or the other. Either get fuck, get those hands dirty and tell me how the timelines diverge and how all this gets wiped out and where the aliens came from and why they're here, or give me nothing and be like hour forty at the most. I don't ask for much because we get to like the two hour mark. They're like, oh wow, the aliens were just dropped here, or they landed here by accident, one or the other. I don't know. You're like, it's. I'm checking my clock already. Like, I'm looking around ready to get up. You can't drop it on me now. That's not a reveal. It fucking owns that. That's just... The whole thing is like... Go ahead. Oh my god, why are they doing this to us? Why are they doing this to us? Were they already here? Were they underground? Like, what happened? And then they get back and they're like... Oh no, it was just an alien ship that crashed in Siberia. And the only reason that the aliens got out is because we warmed up the planet too much and all the ice melted. Thanks. Just. Glad we spent 15 seconds dwelling on that before we went back to alien murder. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Because, like, in Alien, I don't need to know why the xenomorph exists. Exactly. But also everything around it's cool enough. Don't have, don't propose all these questions that have the answer be, ah, perhaps it was man that killed mankind. Ugh. Yeah, I fucking got it, movie. I get it. We're the reason we're all dead. Loud and clear. And then, like, suck my like, ass. So this whole future plan is like we gotta send Chris Pratt back in time with the the antidote, so they can poke it into the aliens, so he can stop this from ever happening. And then he gets back with the thing, and he's just like, "All right, I'm gonna tell my wife and my three friends how we stop this, and then we're gonna go do it because what if the bureaucracy gets involved and won't let us go stop the aliens, like?" Sick, that's, sick conflict, that's a very man. good point. Sick fucking conflict. That's a very good point yeah. to bring up for a good friend, Chris. Because, reminder, this was broadcast on the World Cup. We've had a global draft this whole time. Everyone on the planet is aware of what's at stake. This isn't like a, oh my god, no one's ever going to believe this crazy story. Everyone on the planet knows. He's like, alright, J.K. Simmons, let's hop on your private jet and go to fucking Siberia. Come on, <laughs> what are we doing? We could take a whole fucking army in here. He tells one fucking military person, like, oh, I don't know, I can't stake my reputation on that. And he's like, okay, well, I guess the movie needs to end soon, so let's fly over there ourselves. Hey. Come on, comic relief guy who I found in the present. Hey, uh, hey, Parker. You, you want to yeah, tell man. Chris about the Volcano Kid? 
<laughs> is this like Shark Boy Lava Girl? So, uh, Chris, you remember how we said like oh 20 God. minutes ago that Chris Pratt is a science teacher in the present? Yeah, like Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. Exactly like Mark Wahlberg in The Happening, actually. <laughs> so, uh, <sighs> so uh, he's, you know, he's at his class. You know, the aliens have been revealed, so the class is all bummed out. They don't want to learn about fucking chlorophyll or whatever. So he's like, all right, guys, what do you want to talk about? Like, like, let's just sit down. Let's just have a talk. Let's have a chat like adults. You know, we're all adults, right? Yeah, we're, we're adults. We're not kids. We're adults. And, uh... He like he looks around the class. He's like, "Does anybody have anything they want to bring up?" And there's one kid whose hand immediately shoots up, and it's just like, "Do you have anything else? Does anybody else have anything they want to bring up? Anybody but you? Does anyone want to talk about anything else?" Uh, speaking he, as a teacher, I've definitely been there. Yeah. So he so he hates this kid. So, so he goes much. he goes class. What does this kid want to talk about? And the class in like you know in fucking like together just just like. Ancient volcanoes. And the kid's like, but how can people not love ancient volcanoes? They're so cool, and this and that, and this and that. <laughs> now, Chris, fast forward two hours into this movie, they realize that the, the particles that they've found from the aliens are somehow simultaneously from both Russia and China. How the hell did that happen? If only we had an Sounds expert! Like the dang election! I... Sounds like the goddamn election, folks. What are we talking if about? If only we had an expert somewhere who could tell us how this Chinese ash ended up in Siberia. So if that's only how they got again, the orange man into this movie. To reiterate, the entire every scientist on the globe is aware of this issue, and we just cut to him in his fucking classroom with this kid he hates. I just. It's look. I understand. Don't come at me with like old Independence Day. It's not smart that they upload a virus. I fucking hate that movie too. <laughs> it's garbage. Thank this you. Movie could have been. It could have been perfectly serviceable, like hundred minutes time travel shooting aliens trash, and I would have been so happy Absolutely. to talk about it. And like that's the thing. Like, just don't explain the rules if they're gonna be stupid. Like it's so easy. Like, that's the thing that frustrates me about this movie so much. Like, if you told me nothing, I would have had a better time. Instead, you wasted an extra 40 minutes of my time to tell me things that literally don't make sense after you, the creator of the movie, demanded that I think about it. Like, absolutely fuck yourself. I cannot deal with that shit. It's like, hey, what if this happened? Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> but don't worry. Even though... None of the questions were answered, but all of the aliens were killed. Look forward to Tomorrow War Two in development now. You know, people That's need their answers. Real. That's not real. What could possibly, what could follow this? It is. It's very open and shut. Let me guess. Oh, we didn't find all of them. <laughs> Don't care. Are we gonna time travel again? <laughs> all right, I'm back in. Cause I just I don't ask much from time travel movies. Just. I shouldn't be watching a movie where people are shooting monsters and going, oh, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. None of these people would even exist then. Especially when the monsters look cool. Like, I sh <laughs> exactly. Like, the shooting the cool-looking monsters that are loud and can climb things. And I'm just sitting here thinking, <laughs> oh, wait a second, does, does any of this matter? They couldn't send any... They couldn't just send this back to the past with anyone? It had to be the fucking chemistry teacher? Why? Because she trusts her dad, who she hates? And like will not speak to for half the movie. It is. 
Kind of remind me of Army of the Dead with that one. Oh my god. Honestly, like... Boy, that's a real 1A, 1B. I think I'd rather watch Army of the Dead again than this. Absolutely. This has got Dieter. Oh, okay. You gotta have something. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, both are getting sequels. Because this show will never end. Ever. And don't worry, we'll get you caught up on this one when the next one comes out. It's just like... Shinron will be very generous. It's like sick, man. Somebody made a $200 million movie that is not based on a pre-existing IP. And it's getting a sequel. And it sucks more than every comic book movie. Like, come on, man. It's no wonder we're stuck with this shit. Oh, yeah, shit. by the way... Should go ahead and throw this in here. Uh, looks like shit. <laughs> looks like hot dog shit. The whole movie is ugly as fuck. With the exception of the aliens, yeah. Like, yeah, I was really absolutely. Sad. Every it's a cold. We cold open with them dropping into the city. From frame one, you're like, "Oh, you want to render this a couple more times?" <laughs> no, okay. That's how we're starting. Okay, you know, I can just hit the circle. Button, I could. Right? Uh, I don't have to watch this. I could have lived with that. The thing that bugged me the most in looking at this movie is the way the guns look. Because, like, all of the guns look like the, the fucking barrel is, like, the size of a baseball, and the flashes are way larger than they need to be, and they just look like fucking comedy effect nerf guns the whole time. It... Somebody should lose their job for that. I, I don't want to put anybody out of work, but, like, come the fuck on, man. Like, you gotta do better than this. It's fucking guns in an action movie. That's the one thing that you literally cannot fuck up under any circumstance, and they fuck it up. This just... I'm just a broken record at this point, but it's such an easy slam dunk premise. It really is. And every decision's wrong. You know, the more... I don't need my time travel alien action movie focus tested to hell. Like, okay, but what if we have, like, a a relationship with the daughter and that'll draw people... I don't care. Just leave them in that fucking city for fucking 85 minutes. They get the cure back to the past. They're like, ah, this'll save us. And credits roll. Sequel? Sure. Whatever, man. We'll get there. All you need. Not every movie needs to be two fucking hours and two hundred million dollars. I gotta say, it's definitely the uh, the second best movie I saw about a uh, former Green Beret that's now doing another job this week, so... <laughs> <laughs> when you go against such stiff competition... <laughs> Yeah, seeing the sequel announced before the week was even up that's, was really bone chilling. Cool. It's shouldn't there, be allowed. There cannot be a sequel to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, look forward to more prime garbage. Just shelling out hundreds of millions of dollars for the worst shit no one will ever remember. Thank you, streaming services. You know, in retrospect, we remember when movies were back last <laughs> week. That was pretty. <laughs> in <fun>. retrospect, <laughs> we should have made Chris watch this. Oh. Yeah, you know. I've been so nice to you. If if Space Jam wasn't this week, I <laughs> saw <laughs> uh, so I expected him to also watch it a dozen things, and it just would not have worked out. Sorry. Had I known he'd only watch Batman, uh, would have pulled rank very, <laughs> very. Should be like, look here, motherfucker, you got two hours to spare. <laughs> two hours to spare, not enough for this movie. <laughs> fucking two twenty-eight, absolutely fuck yourself. Ooh. But also. See, Chris is a savvy veteran. He was not going to reveal that he didn't watch any movies until it was time to go. Right, he was not going to yeah. go like, he didn't really watch anything this week. I've had a lot of free time. <laughs> He's not falling for that shit. Right. I respect that move. 
as somebody that <laughs> he anticipated that I would not bother to check his letterbox, and he was correct. As somebody that did not mention no retreat, no surrender to either of you until we were recording. I understand. <laughs> I know yeah. the hustle. Yeah, it takes a lot, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You got to play it close. <laughs> Literally, whenever you guys are ready on that one. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> it even has its own original song. <laughs> the love theme for Surrender. Or my schedule wasn't fucked up and we had a three hour episode about Silent Rage and also the Tomorrow War. It would have been <laughs> Dude, a good universe to be in. Silent Rage again. Silent That's Rage is so good. Coming soon. Don't even worry. So, uh, yeah, nothing but garbage. Uh, streaming's terrible. I'll keep watching all of it. Yeah. Because what else am I doing? I'm a little piggy, and this is my slop. Absolutely. Just keep digesting the trash. <laughs> it goes down in two and a half hours. <laughs> and then, you know, on to the next one. That's the tea, sis.